0: you're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, Keep it real and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Oh yeah, I'm so glad you're here to listen to the show, but make sure you check out everything else that Boss Ladies and Babies has to offer, like our mini episodes every Tuesday with quick business tips for the busy boss lady, our merchandise that will be relaunching soon, and all of our resources, coaching courses, programs, and more over at bossladiesandbabies.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan. Oh my goodness, what a week. So much is happening. So much has happened. I am so excited to be back for another week. This podcast makes me so happy. I love doing this so much. It's just one of my favorite things that I do in my business and I love putting these episodes out each week. I hope you love them as much as I do because they are fun. But we're going to get into this week's episode here, and I want to give just a quick trigger warning for this episode. We are going to be talking with an expert that has years and years and years of experience about CPR and child choking. Now, this episode shares some really graphic, I guess, kind of stories that pertain to child choking. And so if this is something that will trigger you or you're not in a mental space to hear something of this nature, please feel free to skip this episode and come back to it at a time where you're able to. It definitely is chalked full of helpful information and a great reminder of why we should all be educated when it comes to CPR and what to do in the event that somebody's choking. So I just wanted to put that out there. No hard feelings if you are not in a place to listen to this episode, but definitely make sure that you read the show notes and go give the guest a follow because she definitely has lots of resources and lots of information. All right, so we're gonna get into it. I am going to jump into my highs and lows quickly first, and then we'll get going. So my high for the week is I launched a new course. I have been all in on my brand new strategy course since about this time last year, and I myself took a course with a different coach who inspired me to shake up what I offer. And so I blew up my offer suite, and I revamped everything, and I came out with this Course that feeds into the brand new strategy that focuses more on social media because that was something that people were really looking for. And it's different than the social media courses that you've seen out there. This isn't going to teach you necessarily how to make reels or how to use social media, although we'll touch on that. This is more so going to teach you how to create a strategy for your social media that works for you and your life. It's called the Systemized Social Media Shakeup. It's officially the second course that I've created now. I mean, you guys know I've been doing this course thing for about a year now, and this is a whole nother course that I created, and so that's like a really big win for me. It feels really good teaching, creating these resources, and then putting it out there to the world. So if you're listening to this and it piqued your interest, I'm going to just go ahead and do a little shameless plug, but enrollment is open for this course until Sunday, October 10th, and I would love to have you. If you have any questions, shoot me an email, megan at bossladiesandbabies.com, and you can check out the link for enrollment here in the show notes. So that's my high for the week. My low is, let's see, oh, let's see, I've got, I've had a couple things happen this week, Um, definitely Part of my low is going to be that whole social media shutdown that happened, the outage. So if you haven't listened to the mini episode this week, go check it out because I did a quick pivot and talked all about that. But I would say my real low this week, I mean, that was just kind of like, ah, what do we do now? But my real low this week has to do with my daughter and my dog. We were walking down the stairs and my dog is big and crazy, and usually is really good at paying attention to his surroundings. But this particular day, he was not. And he went barreling down the stairs super fast. I was a few steps behind carrying a basket of laundry, and he just barreled into my three-year-old. And I saw it all happening in front of my eyes in slow motion, but I couldn't do anything. I was like stuck and things were happening so slow but also so fast at the same time and she fell down luckily it was only like four steps and it looked like a very soft fall um but i freaked out through the basket of laundry ran down there and i was shaking for like hours afterwards she was totally fine just a little bonk on the head And she actually popped right up after and said, I'm okay. I'm okay. It was only two steps. And she was fine. But oh my gosh, that was scary. haven't had something like that happen in a while. And it just like shook my mama heart up. (sighs) So that is my high and low for the week. I want to get into this episode. Like I said, if you're not in the space to listen, no hard feelings. Definitely take care of your mental health and, you know, all of that. But I am very excited to have put an episode out like this because we don't talk about this very often. And my guest is an absolute expert when it comes to CPR and preventing child choking, and she has a mission to make sure that no parent has to ever lose a child to choking, and also to CPR train as many parents, grandparents, and teachers and caregivers as possible. She is from Houston, Texas. She's married with a 17-year-old son that was adopted when she was 49, and she has some incredible stories. She's been a professional CPR instructor for over 30 years and has trained 10,000 people how to save lives. I Really appreciate and respect the conversation that we had on this episode. Though it might be scary to talk about, it's definitely one of those things that we need to be talking about. So, we're going to take a short break here and then please help me welcome to the show, Gail Gold. It's time for this week's Boss Lady Business Spotlight Meet Sweet Indulgence. Sweet Indulgence is a custom bake shop in Bellingham, Washington. They do cakes, cupcakes, macarons, and cookies that are just as beautiful as they are delicious. The owner, Amy, loves frosting and hopes to bring smiles to as many people as she can through baking, and she does just that. Check out her amazing creations and contact her to order your own at Sweet Indulgence PNW. That's Sweet Indulgence PNW. Enjoy! Are you a millennial? Are you a working parent? Are you struggling to find the balance between business, parenthood, life, and everything in between? Then keep listening, because I've got something just for you. Millennials have been raised in a career-focused culture. As we start to become parents and navigate through our parenting journey, there's often worry that we'll no longer be seen as the professional, and that we might lose the high-level thinking, respected side of ourselves to parenthood. This simply isn't the case, and the Millennials Guide for Working Parents helps Millennials discover tools to balance business, life, and everything in between while being perceived as a total boss. Millennial parents are learning that they can have both. This guide was written by three powerhouse millennial working moms, myself included, who have cracked the code on being professional while parenting and taking control of their lives. It is possible to build your career, care for your family, and not lose yourself along the way. Are you ready to make this happen? This practical guide includes advice on overcoming the loss of your professional identity, strategies on how to become seen as the professional parent, tips for managing your time and working towards quote-unquote balance, and a unique take on self-care and mental health. The Millennials Guide for Working Parents is now available on Amazon and soon to be wherever books are sold. Hello, Gail. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today.
1: I am so excited, Megan. I've been looking forward to this. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, absolutely. We are going to be talking about such an important topic today. And this is something we've never talked about on the show before. So I cannot wait to pick your brain and just kind of spread awareness to all of the listeners. But before we get into all of it, will you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady. Let's get to know you a little bit.
1: Okay, great. Um, Well, my name is Gail Gould. I am also known as the CPR and safety lady. I have been a professional CPR instructor for over 30 years, trained 10,000 people to save lives. My mission is to CPR train as many people as possible because you never know when you might need to use it. Um, and also my mission is for no parent to ever have to lose a child to choking. And I'll talk more about that later, but but um, I love what I do. It's very, very rewarding. And, um, it's just, it's been just a really fun journey for me.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I think it's so great that you do what you do and that mission is incredible. And like I said, we've never had anyone like you on the show before. And it's, I think it's such an important and life-saving obviously, and just kind of an underappreciated topic. I, I don't think people really talk about this enough or bring awareness to this enough. And so You say that your life's mission is twofold, that no parent should ever lose a child to choking and that you want to CPR train as many parents, grandparents, teachers and caregivers as possible, which is a huge task. So please tell us what inspired you. How did you get started? How did you get into this line of work? Where did it all begin?
1: Well, what, the way I got into it was, um, Megan, I had been a group exercise instructor and personal trainer for many, many years, and I got tired of being in a leotard. So <laughs> around um, age 34, I went back to graduate school at University of Houston, my hometown, and got a graduate degree in exercise science, exercise science and health promotion. And when I was done, I had just gotten married. I decided I wanted to try and work for myself. So this was back in the day, you know, like 1989, you could still call people on the phone and ask, you could say, you know, are you interested in this program or that program? And I would call these large oil and gas companies and someone would actually get on the phone (laughs) today. You couldn't do that. But I called them like Chevron or Shell or Bechtel, or I'd say, are you interested in tobacco cessation courses? I kind of go, no. Are you interested in weight management? They kind of go, no. Then I'd say, are you interested in CPR in every, single person said yes and that's literally how I got started I had taken a CPR instructor course right after I graduated from graduate school and that is literally how I got started and I would just call cold call people on the phone and then you know a, a lot and, and Chevron has been my client probably for 25 28 years and just my utmost my most favorite client well I shouldn't say I mean several favorite <laughs> clients. I don't want to insult anyone but um It was so much fun for me. I I just loved it. It was so much fun to teach people something that I knew that they might need one day. And if they, you know, I, I, well, I shouldn't say that they might need. I I tell everybody at the beginning of every class, I say, I hope you never have to use any what you're gonna learn here today. Mm -hmm. Do have to use it. Here's what you need to know. So that's kind of how I got started. And then um, I got started with a lot of preschools, because, you know, preschools here in Texas and most states, daycares and preschools, the employees must have CPR training in order to work. Mm -hmm. So I got started with preschools, and then I kind of got started with some medical offices and dental offices. And in the beginning, it was just part-time. And then within, uh, you know, within like, I don't know, maybe 10 years, it was more (laughs) full-time. And... uh, and and then you know there was a point before my son was born before 2003 where i had to hire people i actually had a someone that was working with me who i adored i adored who worked with me for many 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 years and um and then when the, there was an oil turn down here in houston and then uh, uh my training got a little bit slower so i was a health coach for a while but that's kind of how i got started and it um it just kind of grew and grew and grew and so um, I was initially known as the exercise lady because I was teaching exercise all over the place. Now I'm known as the CPR and safety lady. So
0: that's amazing. Those are both very healthy and necessary things to be known <laughs> as. I feel like that's great.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. When I was the exercise lady, it would make me uncomfortable because I'd see people in my exercise class. I'd see them out at a dinner, and I walk up. Hi, how are you? Oh, I normally don't eat this. I really. <laughs> So yeah, I was turning to the diet police. And my husband still thinks I'm the diet police. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me what people eat. People can eat whatever they want. <laughs> foods can be included in a healthy eating plan.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm excited to get into all of this because I feel like when it comes to choking in general, right? People often think and myself included I'm super guilty of this of thinking oh that's not going to happen to my kid or that you know or anyone that I know and we all know it's a risk but it's one of those things that we just kind of shrug off as like oh yeah that happens to people sometimes but it's probably not going to happen to me. Can you share some stats on this that will help us understand the importance of why we need to educate ourselves to be prepared?
1: Yes, I can. Now, I I can tell you this much that I I would say, Megan, every second class I teach, whether it's in person or on Zoom, at least one or two people say to me, oh my God, I had to do that on my child. I had to give the Heimlich maneuver to my husband, to a friend, a stranger, someone in the mall. It's very, very, very common. You're much more likely to be using choking relief than you are CPR, Much more likely. So around 3,000 people a year die from choking. Now compare that to the half a million people a year die from heart disease, 170,000 people a year die from stroke, 100,000 people a year die from injuries, less than 3,000 or around 3,000 people a year die from choking. So death from choking, not terribly common. Um, conscious choking, extremely common extremely common. Now out of that 3000 people who die from choking each year, 2000 of that 3000 are children. Oh, wow. I was on clubhouse about six months ago. And I was talking, which I'll talk about here in a few minutes, my digital course, how to help your choking child. And I was talking about the course, and someone actually had the nerve to say to me, I was just like, Oh, my, she's like, well, not that many children die from choking. I was like, well, that's true, but if it's your child that dies in choking, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And um, you may or may not have heard me tell this story, Megan. But it was in January of 2020, right before the pandemic started. Um, I was at a client, and they were like, "Gail, there was this woman that came to speak this, and her infant died from choking." So I asked if I could speak with her. So they gave me her, they gave her my phone number. She called me, and I'm speaking to this woman who I've never met in my life. And she's telling me what happened to her eight-month-old. And we're both crying. I'm on the phone with this. I don't even know this one. We're both crying. And uh, she told me she was feeding her eight-month-old and her eight-month-old choked. She panicked, ran to the neighbor's house. By the time she, she got back home, her infant had died. Oh my gosh. So I'm on the phone just crying. I'm just Because it takes me 10 minutes to teach people what to do if a child is choking. And so we spoke for about an hour. And, um, and then we just, you know, we kind of became Facebook friends and then the pandemic happened. And all of my business just went, you know, CPR training during the pandemic is not a real palatable thought. So um, I decided that I needed to do something. And so I created a digital course called How to Help Your Choking Child. And it's a digital course that empowers parents, grandparents, Teachers and caregivers with the knowledge to know exactly what to do if their child is choking. And I'm not the most tech savvy person, Megan. I'm a lot more tech savvy than when I started, but I had to hire people to help me get this up and running online. So it was definitely a labor of love. It took about six months, and um, I mean, I, I, I purchased Amy Porterfield's digital digital core. It that was <laughs> in my head. It was just I mean, I, I still get emails from her every day, and I just, I, after about a week, I couldn't figure out what, what was going on, but I hired people I hired people to help me get it up and running online, and um, so it's been up and running online for about a um, little less than a year, and um, the group that's been buying it lately, a lot are grandparents. Oh. Grandparents are taking care of their grandchildren, and so it, you know, I'm so proud of it. It, um, and it's just, it's such, it's just so important because main cause of unintentional death of infants under the age of one is obstructed airway, mm-hmm. me choking. So people think, well, that'll never happen to me. That's rare. It happened to this loving, well-educated college graduate mom who I met in my hometown. And yeah. um, just, it was just, oh, it just broke my heart. Now, about in November of 2020, a year ago, she called me and she said, I'm pregnant again. I need to take a CPR class. I was so proud of her. So she took my Zoom CPR training, my Zoom CPR training. And I was so worried, Megan, I was gonna say something that was gonna trigger her or upset her. You can imagine how hard that must've been for her. And at one point she turned her video off. I was like, oh no, Uh, she's crying. I know she's crying. She came back on, but I called her right afterwards. I was like, are you okay? She goes, I'm totally fine. I just had to go pee.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I mean, that's got to be, that has got to be extremely challenging for her and for you actually talking with people who have been through this. And, you know, especially when you know how to help them and it's something as easily accessible as this digital course. So that's amazing that you created that.
1: Well, but- it was it was so much fun. It was absolutely a labor of love. And um, I priced it very, very reasonably that, you know, in hopes that anybody could purchase it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, the more that you can help people be aware to stop this from happening, you know, the better, let's say that you notice that your child is choking and, and you haven't taken your digital course yet. Right. What's the first thing that someone can do, like whether they know CPR or don't know CPR, what is like drop everything and do what?
1: Well, it depends on their age. Mm-hmm. If they're over the age of one, you use what we call abdominal thrusts. So you make a fist, you place your thumb inside the fist and then right above, I'll kind of stand up so you can see me, right above the navel, well below the rib cage, you give them abdominal thrust until the object is expelled. So that's what you do for anyone over the age of one. And that includes whether you're 10 years old, 36 years old, 84 years old, 52, that's for anyone over the age of one. Anyone under the age of one, meaning an infant, you turn them upside down, you give them five back blows right in between the shoulder blades. If that does get it out, you turn them face up and you give them five chest thrusts. The the most important thing to remember here is um, while you're doing this, people very often, I cannot tell you, Megan, how many well-educated, well-intentioned parents have told me, my baby was choking and I held her by the feet and I shook her for him. Shook them like shaking babies. I was like, oh no, that, that's, you know, I, I, a ton of people have told me that. The other thing people tell me they do, they stick their finger in the mouth to try and sweep it out. That's another. I've heard that, yeah. You want to avoid doing that because you the cavity of their mouth is so tiny. Yeah. Put your finger in there, you're, there's a, a very good chance you're going to push it farther down. Mm. People tell me they did that and they pushed it farther down. I had a mom tell me about five years ago, she said she heard her three-year-old saying to the infant, eat it, eat it, eat it. So she's going, what is going on over there? And the three-year-old had given the baby some earrings to eat. Oh, no. And so the mom said she stuck her finger in the mouth to try and sweep it out. She pushed it farther down the baby's mouth. <laughs> the baby passed out. The dad's out of town. She's, you know, and she's crying when she's telling me this story. She had to call 911. They had to explain to her what to do. Ambulance came and, you know, her baby ended up just fine. But, but um, she said it was just so horrific that she had no clue what to do. And thank God her baby was okay. But she literally was in the class crying when she was telling the story. Yeah. I mean, that sounds terrifying. (laughs) It's very, it was very, it's very scary, but, you know, and, and so, you know, I think that um, you're right. People just don't think it's going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. This will never happen to me. But when it does happen and you're standing there thinking, oh, my God, is this really happening? Right. Not with choking, but, with, um, you know, with, I've had I've had five people pass out during CPR class in my 30 years of teaching. And one of them was a pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. And she was about eight months pregnant. And Megan, do you know, every single person in that classroom, when they saw her faint, got up and ran out like they were running a race. <sighs> I think they thought she was going to deliver her baby in the room. They wanted to give her privacy, but she was eight months pregnant. She was very large. She was very tall. So I had to call one of the guys back in to help me and thank God she didn't stop breathing. She just passed out. But you know, I was, I was thinking, Oh my goodness, not one people, not one person, two people. (laughs) And thank goodness she was only out just a little under a minute, but yeah, you just, you know, you never think these things are going to happen to you. But you know, I, I typically people are, really fearful of these kind of things. They don't come to my class. Yeah. Cannot tell you how many people I've met on clubhouse who've told me this is too scary. I I am terrified of choking. And I've had numerous people tell me they're absolutely terrified of choking. Yeah.
0: It's just easier sometimes to like, not think about it, you know, because it is so scary to think about.
1: And it's, I mean, I've done it, I've done it three times, twice to my son, Once when he was four months old, that's another thing. I don't think that parents realize that breast milk and formula can obstruct the airway of an infant under the age of four months.
0: Oh my gosh. No, I didn't know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people don't know that. My son had colic and reflux when he was a baby. And um, so I had to mix up this like powder with this water. And one night, you know, we were doing like a 2 a.m. feeding and I heard him kind of going, making some weird noises. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I'm looking at him. And I can see, so I'm you know, giving him back blows at two in the morning and it worked. And then when he was eight years old, we were at a grocery store. You know, these giant Texas grocery stores and he's with me and he saw a friend of his and we were in the bread aisle and he saw his little friend and we we're all of a sudden I noticed they were throwing jelly beans in each other's mouths. Oh, no. Oh my, what are they? I'm just, what are you boys doing? All of a sudden my son's face turned beat red, then it turned very pale. So I knew I had to do. So I gave him a couple of thrusts and the jelly bean came flying right out.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. Well in the middle of the bread eye. I-, <laughs> I know. It was and I used
1: I I'm trained, you know, all the teachers, all the schools, my son has been in. And I would share that story. He goes, that's really wrong. You're violating my privacy. You should be telling people this. Although now he's 17. He doesn't care if I share it with people. But yeah. It well, was, you
0: shouldn't have been throwing jelly beans in each other's mouths either.
1: <laughs> I know. I was like, girls would never do. The only boys throw jelly beans in each other's mouth.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about besides not throwing jelly beans in each other's mouths. What are some things that we can look at when it comes to prevention, like myself, I'm just paranoid and like kind of a cautious, safe person about everything. But especially when it comes to food for my daughter, I even still cut my grapes up for her. And she's ah, you should be, and some of my friends you have made be. fun of me for that, but I'm like, no, I'm cutting up these grapes. Like I don't want to take any chances. So what are some things that we as parents caregivers can do to kind of prevent a horrible incident like this from happening?
1: Well, you are 100% correct to cut her grapes. And Of course, cut it lengthwise. You don't want to cut it towards a circle mm-hmm. wise, but um, really important hot dogs and grapes are the two most common choking foods for children. Your child chokes in a hot dog that it's much more likely going to require an emergency room visit. So you're going to laugh, but I cut my son's hot dogs lengthwise and the quarters until he was 12 years old, because I knew of someone who died from choking on a hot dog when they were in high school. So mm. It was either 12 or almost 13. He said, can you please feed me two whole hot dogs? <laughs> so I gave, him, I gave him a whole hot dog. And that, you know, that was probably like four years ago. Wow. But hot dog, you got to cut hot dogs lengthwise into quarters, absolutely cut the grapes. I'm going to say up until age five to six, Mm. seriously, at least. And And I went even longer than that. But other foods that are choking hazards, peanuts, popcorn, hard candy, large chunks of meat, large chunks of vegetables, large chunks of fruits, these are all foods that can obstruct the airway of a young child and cause choking. In fact, just yesterday, I can't remember where I was looking at, but they showed a lollipop. And the lollipop came off the stick and obstructed the airway.
0: God, I'm so terrified. I'm like, no lollipops (laughs) because I'm like, I just imagine that happening.
1: Yeah, no. And and the most common choking hazards are coins, pennies, nickels, and dimes. I'll bet you, Megan, I've met 2,000 people have told me either they choked on coins when they were little, their child choked on coins. They knew someone. I just had someone tell me, Last week, that her six-year-old swallowed a quarter, oh and it went down. She didn't choke on it, but it went down. And when it goes down, you know, there's two places it can either go down the trachea into the lungs or the esophagus into the stomach, which is what you're hoping for. But you have to go get an X-ray. They got an X-ray and found that it went to her stomach. And but you know, you would think six-year-old would be old enough not to know to do that. Now, my son, when he was six, I walked into his room and he said to me. You know that screw I was playing with with my car. It jumped in my mouth and I swallowed it. So, so I kind of was like, "Oh no, I really don't have to watch for that." So uh, my brother is a physician, and he shame he goes, "You need to go get an X-ray." So we got X-ray my son loved the X-ray machine. It was so. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, that it's not just food; it's choking hazards as well. Yeah. yeah. So you just. Yeah, and then the other thing, and you know, it hasn't really caught on down here in Texas. But since I've been on Clubhouse and Instagram, I've met lots of moms, young moms in California, the West Coast, and East Coast, who are doing baby-led weaning. Are you familiar with baby-led weaning? Yeah,
0: we did that with my daughter.
1: Okay, all right. And baby-led weaning is a really healthy, really good way to introduce solid foods to your young child, to your to your baby, because you know, kids have a really good sense of satiety. They know when they're hungry, they know when they're full. So when you, when you introduce solids to your baby, like I did with my son 17 years ago, you just give little smushed up pieces of food and you just keep feeding them and feeding them. They want to make you happy. So they keep eating Not with baby, love weaning because baby, love weaning, you let them do it themselves and they decide when they're hungry and when they're full. But the issue with baby, love weaning is there's more gagging, Yes. <laughs> more gagging maybe and not a huge instance, more of choking, but definitely more gagging. So were you aware that gagging was not choking when you were doing baby led weaning?
0: No, not at all. I was always like, she's choking, she's choking. And I would panic. But one thing that made me feel kind of at ease was knowing that by doing baby led weaning, allegedly it helps them not choke as much. Like they are, it's create, I don't know, like exactly what is behind it, but it's creating something for them so that they're less likely to choke in the future. And so anytime I thought she was choking and I would see she was okay, I was like, okay, if she's just gagging, like she's going to be fine. But (laughs) it's a terrifying moment when you think that they're choking.
1: It will. it, It really, really is. And the saying that I like to use loud and red, let them go ahead, silent and blue. They need help from you because choking is mostly silent. Gagging is very, very noisy. There's there's crying. There's their faces be red. There's gurgling. Then did your daughter ever vomit when she was gagging? So
0: one time, and I have a video and it might be cruel that I think it's so funny, but I, it was before we got fully into baby love weaning and I gave her some pureed spinach. The amount of gagging, screaming, crying, and then like puking it back up that happened was actually hilarious because she was fine. But yeah, I'll never forget that video. It was very loud. Very, very loud.
1: Gagging is very, very loud, but you know, babies have a very sensitive gag reflex and it's good because it's there to keep them from choking. But you know, parents, if they don't know the difference between gagging and choking, when they're gagging, they think they're choking. They look panicked and um, gagging. You, you let them go ahead because they can work it out themselves, mm-hmm. become silent. Their face turns pale. Their chest is concave. You hear a high pitched crowing noise. That's when you need to step in and intervene. Yeah.
0: I was wondering if there's like an age that you shouldn't worry as much. Like for example, when my daughter was a baby, I was really like bent on finding a CPR class for her because I was so terrified. Like she was just starting food. I felt like that was something I needed to know. But then as she started getting older, I relaxed quite a bit more and I figured she's pretty good at chewing now. And, you know, I think she can handle it. I'm careful. I'm not as worried, but I, I feel like I know what you're going to say about this, <laughs> but what sure is you like the age where you don't have to worry as much if
1: any. Well, you're probably not asking the, the right person that question, Megan, because I think everybody needs to take CPR. seriously. yeah, I think yeah, I, that's what I thought you're going to say. I, you know, I, th- I think it should be a requirement that before the baby comes home from the hospital, that both parents need to take CPR, at least, you know, if there's just one parent, what are both parents need to take CPR, but I'm not in charge. So that's not a requirement, but, um, Really and truly, even at age three, Mm -hmm. kids, and the reason they're still at risk for choking at age three, four, and five, I mean, who has not seen a three or four or five-year-old stuff, an entire muffin in their mouth all at once? My daughter, for sure. (laughs) Right. So, you know, and, and so I tell people it's much better to know what to do than to not know what to do.
0: It's yeah, my- I've often thought even with my husband, like, if we're just, you know, home, my daughter's in bed or whatever, and we're sitting there and we're eating, I'm like, if he choked, I wouldn't know what to do. If I choked, he wouldn't know what to do. Like, yeah. I don't know what would happen. Or even if I'm by myself, sometimes with my daughter, and I'm eating something, and there's been like a time where, like, it's gone down kind of the wrong tube. Wrong or whatever, and I'm like, yeah. what would I do if I choked when I'm here alone with my toddler?
1: Well, what you do, you can go to my Instagram account, the CPR and Safety Lady. I have in my highlights, alone and choking. And oh, nice. it you exactly what to do if you're alone and choking. I know I have a friend here in Houston that's a major blogger and she has a huge account on Instagram and she found this on my Instagram and she posted it, I'm, I must have gotten 50 messages. Oh my God, thank you for showing me this. I've always wondered what to do. Now, I'll tell you what, I, this just happened a month ago. I don't know all the details, but there's a woman here in Houston who used to come to my exercise class many years ago and her gorgeous, beautiful 42-year-old daughter died. And all I heard, I just saw it in the obituaries and all I heard was that she was in bed eating and choked. And I, and I, I need to find out, I need to ask some people to see. So, I mean, just such, just, it's just not that common. It's, and when you hear about it, you're like, oh my God, that's so... You know, it's, it's so easy to know what to do, even with yourself, mm-hmm. it's easy to know what to do. It's easy to do with, with, you know, um, with, with anyone, it's just such an easy thing to know to do. And I've just, I've just met thousands and thousands and thousands of people who told me they have successfully used choking relief and, um, it's work. In fact, Mandy from women are prepared with, women are prepared, I can't women remember. aware and prepared Women and women prepared messaged me about two months ago at 10 o'clock at night. I get this Instagram message. from her. She goes, Oh my God, we're out to eat with my son and my son started choking. And I didn't know what to do. She was so panicked and they ran outside and finally some retired EMT came up and gave him some thrust and it came out. Oh my but I mean, gosh. So I said to her, I said, well, let's do an Instagram live event. She goes, no, I'm, I'm too frazzled. She goes, give me about a month or two. <laughs> so we did the Instagram live yesterday, ironically enough, and she was able to talk about it. But she's, you know, and, and what that brings up, Megan, is that, you know, this stuff is scary, but when it's a member of your family, when it's your child or your husband or your parent, it's about a thousand times more scary. Yeah. You never think <laughs> it's going to happen
0: to you until it does. And you should be prepared.
1: Yes, it's definitely, it's definitely much scarier when it's a member of your family.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing and being so vulnerable and open about all of this. I mean, that is, it's a heavy topic and it, but it's a reality that we face, you know, that we should be open to know what to do when we encounter something like this. So I'm going to have you tell everybody where they can find you and your resources and all of that. But we've got a couple more things to talk about. We'll could offer one piece of advice for balancing being a boss lady and a mom. What would that be?
1: Hmm. Oh my goodness. Balance being a boss lady and being a mom. What kind of advice. Um, You know, the first thing that comes to mind is that um, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself first. And I know when I was little, um, my dad would always tell me take care of number one, take care of number one, because if you don't take care of yourself first, you will have nothing left to give anyone else. So, um, really important to me. I'm a meditator. I meditate. Um, I've been journaling a lot lately lately, and I may be meditating at five 30 in the morning I may be journaling at 10 o'clock at night, but, um, I, I, you know, I'm an exerciser. I definitely try and take care of myself first because then there's a lot more left for me to give the other people in my life.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think that's great advice. And, we, you know, we hear that so often and we see it on social media and we hear people talk about it, but we don't often actually take that advice. So I think that's really important. Thank you for sharing. And the last thing before we let you go is the hot mess moment. So life is full of these hot mess moments. And this is your chance to confess a time that you have been a total hot mess.
1: Well, there's probably too many to mention. <laughs> too many to mention, but um, you know, I was talking with someone about this recently, and uh, but I think, I think what I'd like to share um, is that um, you know I didn't get married till I was thirty six. I didn't start trying to get pregnant till I was thirty nine. It was not happening for me um, due to some drugs my mom took back in the 1950s to prevent miscarriage. And uh, so I decided, my husband and I decided that we would adopt. It took us eight years to adopt. So I was 49 years old when I first became a mom. And I had people say to me, they're like, are you really gonna do this? Are you sure you just don't wanna live life with your husband where you can travel and be financially secure? And it just, it was, it was so important to me and I'll never forget when we got the call that my son was born, Megan, I felt like I was getting ready to jump off a cliff. I was so terrified. Yeah. I mean, I just literally, I mean, I was just shaking. I couldn't sleep. And the moment I saw him, the second I saw him in the hospital, all that fear dissipated, every bit of fear. And so my son is 17. It's been the best 17 years of my life by far. And um, what I like to tell people is you're never too old to become a mom. Yeah, never, 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 never too old to become a mom. And I never really, I never really felt out of place. You know, I volunteered like crazy when he was in grade school. I volunteer every week teaching CPR when he was in middle school. Um, so yeah, I think people were kind of probably talking behind my back. I can't believe she's doing this and she's going to have to dye her hair to look like all the other moms. <laughs> you oh, know? No. And uh, it just, um, I've, oh my, it's just been the best experience. It's been the best 17 years of my whole life, really. That's and I I've done some really ridiculous, stupid things. I'm sure I was too much of a helicopter mom when he was little because, you know, I came so close to not being a mom so close to not being a mom and I fret I was like oh my god I almost didn't become a mom and it's just been the best and then my husband we both feel the same way so I don't know if that was a hot mess moment but I always like to share with people don't ever think you're too old to become a mom because it just it's just my life is has just been so wonderful with him in it so
0: oh I love that so much and I feel like it's really special that kind of society's mindset on that is shifting a lot I feel like People are getting more and more open to having kids later and later in life. Like my younger sister, she's going to be 30 next year and she, kids aren't even on her radar yet, which I think is amazing because it didn't used to be like that. And so it just, it gives us as women a lot more time to do all of the things that we want to do and then still be able to be mothers, which even when I was growing up, like my mom had me when she was 20. And so I always thought I'm going to be a young mom. I, you know, I just want to have kids right away. And then, you know, I got to that point and I'm like, I am not ready. Like I want to (laughs) continue to live my life and have kids down the road. And, and I, I mean, I think I'm like a average age mom, like I'm 34 and my daughter's three, but my husband is creeping up on 40 and we don't know if we're done having kids yet. And and it's okay because a lot of people we know that are in our age group are in the same place and it's just different than how it was. So I think that's really brave that you guys were able to make that decision and look at how amazing it's been.
1: Well, I tell you what, Megan, I can read back in my journal and I've done it a few times where I would say things like, this is never going to happen for me. I give up. Adoption is not going to work for us. And, you know, it just, you just, just kind of keep going. And, and it, it and when it happened, man, it happened fast. It was like, we got the call. Okay. It just, it happened really fast. And it just, um, my husband, and I just feel like we're so fortunate. We just feel so lucky because it has just made both of our lives so wonderful. So, you know, I mean, there've been times where he, you know, kids drive you crazy, right? There've been times where he's driven me crazy and it was little when He's a teenager, but um, overall, it's just, it's been the best 17 years of my life by far. And so when I hear moms complaining and moaning and groaning, I'm like, look, you know, I don't take a day for granted with my son. I don't take one single day for granted with him. And that's one reason I'm so passionate about what I do. Because when I, you know, there was a time that I uh, dropped my son off at grade school. He was about in fourth grade and I'm walking him in and I see this toddler sitting in a running car all by himself no one in the car the car is running so I decided to wait you know here I am I decided to wait for the mom and you can imagine what I said to her when she came back to the car I was like I <laughs> smashed my fist through the window and driven your car off with your baby you know so yeah I want to see people doing unsafe silly things I get upset because I think I almost didn't become a mom so
0: yeah Oh my gosh. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, let's talk about where people can find you and they can get your resources and take your course and everything so that we can all start educating ourselves on this big piece of safety that we can implement into our lives.
1: Thank you, Megan. Well, on Instagram, I'm at the CPR and safety lady. Um, on Facebook, my Facebook is how to help your choking child, but basically, um, on the CPR and Safety Data on Instagram, um, they can. there's tons and tons of free resources on infant and child CPR. There's information on choking. There's information on first aid topics like what to do, God forbid, your child has a seizure. There's information on baby proofing your home. In this course on my link tree, there is the digital course how to help your choking child. Thank you so much
0: for sharing that. If you're listening, please go check her out, grab these resources, check out when her next class is and educate yourself. I know that I want to do that. I am one of those people who is guilty of putting this off in the back of my mind, but I'm ready to take that step and be prepared.
1: Afterwards, there was another girl from Washington who took the course, Jana, and she, um, she was so scared. She goes, I'm so scared, but I need to do this. I have three children. then afterwards, she goes, that was not scary at all. I'm so glad I did
0: it. (laughs) She wrote me this really
1: nice testimonial. So
0: that's amazing. Well, you definitely know what you're talking about. So everybody please go give Gail a follow. And until next time, you've got this mama's stay bossy.
1: Thank you, Megan.